welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel. This is an evening message on a topic that I believe applies to all of us, and that is the topic that is called bitterness. Bitterness is something that so many people are struggling with. And it can, it's an internal, indwelling sin that eats people away. And it, there's so many connections to bitterness. And I'm going to show you a lady who became bitter and jealous because she believed her husband, David, King David, was irreverent. What happened here is David had eight wives. That's a problem right there, but he had eight wives. His very first wife was called Miguel. Miguel, she was basically, it was an arranged marriage because she was the daughter of King Saul. David killed Goliath, but he, at that point, he was like 13 or 14 years old. He wasn't quite old enough to get married yet. And King Saul said, whoever will kill this giant, I'll give away my, uh, my wife or my, my oldest daughter. And sure enough, David, uh, David did it. And so then some years went by, and King Saul did not like David. So what he did to try to get David killed, he says, you know what, if you really want to marry my daughter, you're going to have to go kill uh, uh, 100 Philistines. And he came back with 200. So he was able to exceed that and get their cloaks and bring them to King Saul. So the Lord was with David, and Saul was someone, the house of Saul um, was tragic. It was a tragic loss. And what we see here is Miguel became bitter towards her husband. She was still part of the house of Saul. And God, what happened is he took away the house of Saul. And instead of the lineage of Saul, God removed that lineage and gave it to David. And even though Miguel and David were married, husband and wife, she resented her husband. She ate with bitterness because she knew, you know, David, my father was rejected. And I'm, I'm marrying, I married the man that basically uh, replaced my dad, who was rejected by the Lord, and now the Lord is blessing him. Everything he's doing, David, at this point in his ministry, this is before his sin with Bathsheba, is just being blessed and blessed and blessed. And then what we're going to see here is how bitterness would eat inside of her. So this is a passage for us in this story. It sets up with the moving of the ark, moving it to, uh, from someone's home all the way into Jerusalem. And this is preparation for ultimately the temple that David's son Solomon is going to build, a house for God. And that's what the temple is. But we, I think for us, the principle for us with bitterness is bitterness will absolutely hinder our spiritual life. And how it hinders our spiritual life is these are, these are ways I have here on your bulletin, if you have it tonight. I want you to look at this because these are things we do, how we can hurt our spiritual life and not realize it. Jealous attacks. It's easy to lash out at folks. And a lot of times when you do that, if you really look at your heart, you're jealous. Jealousy is a sign of bitterness. You just, you're mad. You're upset. You're envious. You know, there's resentment inside of you. 
harsh treatment, when people are harsh to one another, it's easy to, that's rooted in, there's something, there's an underlying uh, bitterness with that. You know, when spouses have marital problems and they're treating each other harshly, it's really it's because there's probably underneath the harshness, there's bitterness. Expectations weren't met, feelings have gone uh, uh, unforgiven for years after years, decades after decades, and it is. It just, it's, it's a sign of that. This is something that is so common that is dangerous among, a lot of times uh, Christians, we, we, we sweep it under the rug, and that's sarcasm and constant mocking. Sarcasm is a form of, of really, a, it's, a, it's a, a cute, funny way, but you're really insulting people when you're doing that. Sarcastic comments are, can be very painful. And then number uh, four here, I'm on the bulletin inside there, is constant complaining. People who are complaining about everything that happens around them. They'll go to Frisch's and they'll complain about the service. They'll come to church and they'll complain about something that happened. Then they go to work and they're definitely unhappy there. And they're just bitter about it. They're, not, they're, something ha- they're just unfulfilled in life and they're angry at everyone. And then one of the most common ones is people, a lot of people, will suffer in silence. I'll tell you, that would be me. And that's what... Um, this is number five on this handout. This is what I would end up doing. I w- you would never probably know if I was angry with you. I would be the type that would be suffering in silence. And we as Christians have to make sure I don't want to have, I don't want to be a person with a bitter heart. And it's sad to see David's first wife here, Miguel, she was bitter towards her husband and she criticized him. And because of that, the Lord would not allow her to have any children. There, the house of Saul, it, it wouldn't have continued through Miguel, but it, 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 there's, no, there's no one left. But Miguel here, it did not, he did not open her womb, as we're going to see. So we're in our Bibles, 2 Samuel chapter 6. This is the high point of David's ministry. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1. David again assembled all the fit young men in Israel, 30,000. He and all his troops set out to bring the ark of God from Baal, Judah. That is Kirith-Jerim. That's a city about oh, 30 or so miles away. It's kind of out in the country. And what happened, the ark, that is the ark of the covenant. In fact, I have a picture of it up here on the screen. This is what they're bringing into Jerusalem. They're bringing it to Jerusalem because... This is where David is making Jerusalem the spiritual capital, uh, and it's also the political. In the uh, we have our we have a picture there. It is right there. That's what the ark looks like. This is important. What's what this picture here? Because the way you're to carry the ark, it's at someone's house right now. Only Levites were allowed to carry the ark, and they and this is according to Exodus chapter 25. They had to carry it on their shoulders, so it would rest on their shoulders as they walked. And they were the only ones allowed to carry it and touch it. You could not have just any old person carry the ark. So there was proper ways to transport the ark. This is, this is what the center of worship here that was going to be in the temple. This housed the Ten Commandments. And also it housed Aaron's staff. And it also had uh, manna inside of it. Those were the items inside the ark. And it was in the Holy of Holies. So there, it's, at, it's at a Levite's home right now. And they're going to move it to Jerusalem. And David, was what he's doing, he's 
taking Jerusalem and he's making it not just the political capital of Israel, he's making it the spiritual capital as well. And the reason why it was in this city here, Baal Judah, here at Jerem, the Philistines captured the ark in the book of 1 Samuel with, the, with Eli. And that's uh, really what rose up uh, Samuel and his, his uh, judgment there. The Philistines cap- captured the ark. Eli died when his sons died, and the, he found out the ark of God was captured. And they brought it into their Philistine cities. And everywhere it went, tumors started breaking out on all the people. So then they sent it to another city. And they put it next to this false god Dagon, and the, the, thing, the false idol fell over. I mean, so then they sent it down the road, and it got to a point after going to some other towns, the folks realized, we don't want the ark here anymore. Because everywhere the ark goes, plagues would break out on the people. So listen to this. They put the ark on, on oxen, and they sent it back to Israel. And the oxen walked straight to where it needed to go. It says they didn't stop. It's like they knew where they were going. So the oxen, the cows are just carrying the ark back to where it needs to go. And it says they're lowing. They're just moving as they're keeping going. And they just carry it straight home. And it shows up in Israel. It shows up in this city. This is in 1 Samuel. Uh, I, I'll, um, it's called Beth, Beth Phase, I believe, is the name of it. And it shows up there. Well, I'll have that. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 6. And the men see the ark of God coming. So what do they do? They, 70 of them, start looking inside of it. And they died right there. In 1 Samuel chapter 6, God killed 70 Israelites, and then they moved it to Kirith-Jerim in a Levite's home, and he had been watching it all during Saul's reign. So that's where, that's the background on where the ark had been. So Saul just kept the ark in somebody's house with that. And now David is moving it. He's, he wants to build a house for God. He's going to put it in a tent in the city. That's what's happening there. I'm in the latter part of verse 2. The ark bears the name, the name of the Lord of armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. That's what that picture was up there. The cherubim, these are possibly angels. We're saying this, in fact, we're going to be getting in this this coming Wednesday night. What are cherubim? These are heavenly creatures that are winged, that cherubim is where we get the idea of angels having wings. Only in the Bible are cherubim said to have wings, cherubim and cherubim. Regular angels are never, never winged. If you remember regular angels, they're walking down into Sodom like we looked at this morning. Um, you know, we talked to angels and might not realize that they could take the form of a human. And it goes on to say here, they set the ark of God on a new cart and transported it from Abinadab's house, that's where it had been, which was on a hill. Yuza and Aho, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the cart and brought it with the ark of God from Abinadab's house on the hill. Aho walked in the front of the cart. David and the whole house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all kinds of firwood instruments, lyre, harps, tamarines, cisterns, and cymbals. So this is the problem with this. This is not the right way to transport the cart or the, or the ark. It's on a cart. Well, that's not what Exodus chapter 25, verses 12 through 15 says. Exodus 25 says you have to have Levites carry it on your shoulder and carry the ark. They're putting it, they're using a a cart. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor, so they're already disobeying the Lord by the way it's being transported. When they 
came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out to the ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen had stumbled. So one stumbled, he reached out and touched it. That's a no-no. Then the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and God struck him dead on the spot for his irreverence, and he died there next to the ark of God. Uzzah thought he was going to do a good deed and stick his hand out and help the ark from falling on the ground. But that was not, he was not allowed to touch the ark. They weren't even transporting it the right way. He died. And David was right there dancing before the Lord. This was a celebration service. They're bringing the ark into Jerusalem. And the guy who's transported, they just had a funeral service. We went from having a great time of celebration to now we're planning a funeral for the man who was helping move the ark. And it says here, verse 8, David was angry because the Lord's outburst against Yuza. So he named that place Outburst Against Yuza. That's a fitting name right there when you look so this is an outburst against Yuza. Because the man received an outburst from the Lord from Yuza and he died. And it goes on to say, as it is today, David feared the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me so there's a holiness with the ark. the ark is not something you treat casually and this is reminding david even though it might have been at someone's house and it had a caretaker since first samuel chapter six all the way here to second samuel chapter six it was in a reverent spot with one person taking care of it the right person a levite taking care of it so it goes on to say here, So he was not willing to bring the ark of God to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. So they realize, okay, outburst of Uzzah just happened. Let's just stop. Here's, where's the nearest house? We're going to bring it to Obed-Edom because this, we're, we're, this isn't working out right here. We just had a funeral service. The ark of the Lord remained in his house three months. And look at this, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole family. So the ark of God goes in this man's house, and the Lord just starts blessing his house. His stock goes up, his crops really start to grow, uh, they maybe have some more children, it's just everything good starts to happen to their family. And it's very obvious, Obed-Edom is receiving the blessings of the Lord, and people take notice. Well, David takes notice of this. So this is, we're seeing good things start to happen. So it's reported to King David, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's family, all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and had the ark of God brought up from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David with rejoicing. So David's realizing, hey, you know, maybe the Lord's no longer angry because he's blessing this man's house. We've dealt with Uzzah's death. He's been buried. We named the place after him. He had a memorial to this day. And now we're, gonna, you know, we're seeing the blessing. So he's now moving it to the city. So this is a time of rejoicing. When those carrying the ark of the Lord advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf. David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a linen epod. That's typically something priests would wear, but it's not just that priests would wear. So he's in a special uh, outfit and it says he's dancing with all his might meaning he's not just casually worshiping at church he's not just treating this well i might sing some songs i might focus on the lord i'll look around and see what else is going on his focus is completely dedicated to the lord remember david is a man after the lord's own heart 
word, the key word, so much of this, of his dancing, is actually the word all. David was dancing with all his might, meaning he was completely into it. He did not care what other people thought about him at church. His focus was not that he's a king. He is excited. I am, we're bringing the ark of God into the, into the city. And this was supposed to be its original home. And it's going to the Jerusalem, the capital. And it goes on to say there, He and his whole house of Israel, verse 15, were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of the ram's horn. As the ark of as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter, Michal, looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in his heart. Now what's interesting about this? Don't miss how she was introduced. Up until this point, Michal was called David's wife. But on this verse, the author of Samuel switched the name. It was, she wasn't any longer David's wife. She was now the daughter of Saul. Do you see that? Because all of a sudden, she's despising her husband. She's not happy with what's going on here. She's looking and feels this is irreverent for such a, 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 our king of Israel to be acting this way, dancing in underwear on the streets, before the Lord, because the ark is going up. They walked six steps going up the temple. It hasn't been built yet. Going up the steps into the city, and now we're having a big celebration. So it says six steps, what they're talking about. They built up their platform. They're making a tent for the ark. Kind of like a tabernacle, because the temple hasn't been built yet. But here it is. She's looking down the window, and she's despising her husband. That is bitterness, that's resentment, that is the animosity she holds because of his behavior. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent David had pitched for it. So it's in a tent. Then David offered burnt offerings and fellowship offering in the Lord's presence. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of armies. Then he distributed a loaf of bread, a date cake, and raisin cake to each one in the entire Israelite community. Could you imagine coming to Darlene's menu on Wednesday night and you look at the menu in the bulletin and this is what you get? You get a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake. So that's what they ate right there. They're eating some cake and bread. And they're excited about both men and women ate the cake and bread. Then all the people went home. That was what they had for their, that was their birthday cake, essentially. That's what they had. Date cake. When David went home, now here's the main point where we see. So he's going home and he is excited. You ever had something exciting happen in your life and you go home, you call, talk to a family member and they're not excited. You walk in the house and they're mad. They want you to do stuff. You're behind. You, it's chore time. When David returned home to bless his household, Saul's daughter, Michal, came out to meet him. And look what, look what happened here. He's going home to bless his house. He had just blessed all the people. It says he had blessed all the people previously in verse 18. 
and the name of the Lord of armies. So now he's thinking, I'm going to go home and I'm going to bless my own house. I'm going to find my wife and pray over her and tell her how exciting this is. All these years, the ark has been in someone's house. But now we have put a place in the city, in the city of David in Jerusalem, for the ark to be at. So he walks in the house and his wife is not excited. She comes out and says, in the latter part of verse 20, how the king of Israel honored himself today. That's an insult. Meaning you didn't honor the Lord. You honored yourself. The way you were dancing, your behavior, you made a fool of yourself, David. That's what she's saying. She said, he exposed himself. You're running around in your underwear, acting ridiculous. This is not how kings are to behave. He exposed himself today in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects, like a vulgar person would expose himself. You, he's, she's saying, you are there in the presence of people who are slaves, and you are acting this way. David, why are you doing this? She is reprimanding her husband. All the people should be excited. This should be a time of celebration and excitement. David danced before the Lord, says, with all of his might. He blessed the people. He was coming home to bless his own home, and his wife rebukes him. David replied to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me over your father. He right away realizes, You have more of allegiance to your dad than you do to me. And your dad is, is passed away over your father and his whole family to appoint me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will dance before the Lord. Well, that is a sign of worship right there. He's saying, my audience, Miguel, is not you, it's not the slave girls, it's not the people. My audience is the Lord. If I'm excited, and it's exciting to rejoice and to dance, do it. Do you know one of the most frequent questions I get about our church? People do this all the time. What's your worship style? What is your worship style? And you think about that question. That question has so many problems with it. What does that even mean? What is a worship? Steve, what's a worship style? You know, David here is dancing before the Lord. There's not a worship style in the Bible. There's not one way we worship the Lord. There's the, God is the object of our worship. Whether we sing hymns, which Sherry and I, we grew up on the hymnal. That's, I know more of the hymns than I do the contemporary songs. Or we sing contemporary songs. Or you sing no songs and you, you focus on the Lord and prayer and meditation. Or you preach the word of God, whatever it is. The object of worship is the Lord. And David says here, listen, my father chose me. I'm, or God chose me. He rejected your father. And God wanted me to bring the ark into the, the temple. We made the, we made the Lord a tent for the ark. I will dance before the Lord, Michael. It's not for you. I'm not here to impress other people. I don't care what other people think. I might not be meeting your expectations for proper attire for a king, but he's there for the Lord. This is what a man who is after the Lord's own heart looks like. The Lord is who he wants to honor. And I, look what he says in verse 22, and I will dishonor myself and humble myself and even more, he's saying, David's saying, you know what, if the Lord 
wants more honor and glory. I will even dishonor myself and humble myself so the Lord gets more credit. It means it's all about the Lord. This is not about me. I might be the king of Israel, but I also am subject under the Lord. And I want to tell you why David acted this way. Because remember Uzziah. He reached out his hand and he stopped that cart. The uh, cart as it, the little oxen was falling and the t- uh, ark was falling on the ground. He reached out to stop it. Then he, had, he died right there. The Bible says, if you remember, he, all of a sudden David feared the Lord that day. It was like as if God just reminded David, David, just by the way, don't let pride swell up inside your heart. I'm still the Lord and I can execute and end anyone's life at any minute I want to. And they didn't obey Exodus 25. And that might have been written a thousand years ago, but you are still expected today to obey that Bible verse. That's what he's telling David. We're, if we're going to transport if there was an ark today, if somewhere if we found the ark, we were supposed to find, I guess, Levites, and they're supposed to put them on poles and put on their shoulders and transport the ark. Because it actually spells out exactly how you're to transport the ark. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't have the ark today, because we would have to, there would be such specific ways to transport it. It tells us here in our Bible. So he's saying, I'm just going to, I'll do this even more. I'm not going to back off on, on your comments. However, by the slave girls you spoke about, I will be honored. Meaning, those slave girls you mocked that were out there dancing and rejoicing, they were, they were honoring me because I was honoring the Lord. And Miguel, you're looking, peeping out the window in bitterness. And she was. She became bitter because she was not part of the celebration. She missed what was going on. And she didn't, um, she felt like her husband wasn't, um, wasn't meeting to her, uh, I guess, desires what a king should look like. And Saul's daughter, Miguel, had no child to that day of her death. And that was her punishment. She never had a child. And do you know what's interesting about this Bible verse here in verse 23? Miguel is not ever again mentioned in Scripture after this. It's her last mention. We don't see her again in the New Testament. She's just, she mocked King David. She rebuked him when the Lord honored him. David was dancing and excited with all his might. And his wife, his very first wife, Saul's daughter, was mocking out the window. And David he just it's almost like there she goes there's no other mention of her we don't know what happened to her that's it we know she didn't have any any children and she was bitter towards her husband and bitterness was eating up inside her i believe because the text mentions it over and over again that this is saul's daughter she had more of an allegiance to her dad to her the way her dad was the leader than her do you know anytime there's a there's a change if you're in a church or you're in a business you know let's i'll i'll use i'll pick on sherry since she's on the front row let's say i died let's say my my legs fell off because they're so sore right now i died and then you got a new pastor and sherry is still here maybe she moved back to the second pew it would be tempting for her for the new pastor for her to always compare whatever the new pastor does to me. And it would be very easy for her to become bitter, possibly, not necessarily always, but say, you know, that's not how it used to be. That's not how my husband did it. That's not how such and such. And we have to understand, 
some people are different, things change. At this point here, Miguel, God wanted the ark. He's moving it to Jerusalem. The Lord is guiding David. Even though it was that Saul left it at Kirith Jerem, and I guess Miguel just felt like since my daddy left it there, it should always be there. And David said, no, we're going to move the ark, and we're eventually going to be laying the foundation for a temple to be built. That's where the plan is going towards. And Miguel could not accept that change. And she mocked David because it didn't meet her expectations. So we come here this evening, and we want to make sure that we aren't like Miguel, and we aren't being eaten up with bitterness, resentment because of change, and people don't meet our expectations, or we just going day after day, and we're carrying hurt. And Miguel apparently had that. She was hurt by her husband for whatever reason. She wasn't outside participating. She was looking out the window, spying, seeing what's really going on. If you have bitterness in your heart this evening, you have to ask the Lord, says, God, am I bitter? Is there anything in my life that has occurred that I need to ask forgiveness from or I need to release to you? And accept, Lord, I'm just here for you. I will dance before the Lord with all my might. Whatever happens, happens. God, all I can do is choose to obey you. God, I thank you for this evening worship service. I thank you for this story here in our Bibles about Miguel how she is an example for us that we can be stuck in the past, that she loved her dad more than she loved her husband. She was part of the house of Saul, could not get past what David was doing. Lord, I pray that we will examine our hearts and say, am I bitter? Is there anything in my life that I need to repent of, that I need to change, and that I need to uh, uh, just move on and say, look, I've forgiven this person, and I've forgotten about it, and I'm moving to the future. And Lord, we don't want to have a bitter heart going day after day. Lord, it eats us inside and it was eating up in Miguel. Lord, we pray we're like David, and we do not care about anything but honoring you. He was there with all his might, dancing before the Lord. And Lord, we pray we will have that same attitude towards worship. Lord, we pray this invitation that we respond to you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Steve, are we singing hymn number 107? Let's stand together and open up your songbooks and your hymnals. So this is hymn number 107, Love Lifted Me. Steve's going to lead us in a song. We close every service of invitation. I stand on front. You come take my hand and respond to the Lord.